You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. Welcome back, guys. So at the end of last episode, we had shared that we were going to be talking about uh, how to define the rules of your own game. And what kind of led that led us into that, we were kind of discussing, you know, the naivete that some that, you know, you and I both had of we kind of only were exposed to one way of growing paid ads, you know, VSL, everyone was kind of chasing, uh, you know, hitting a million plus and then, you know, ex- and then on from there. And we had talked about how not everyone now is necessarily trying to do that. And I made the comment, or I forget who made the comment, actually, it was just like, well, we're exposed to more options now, like there's this rise of solopreneurship and like, you know, have fewer complexity, but keep a lot more money. And you're seeing a lot more people talk about the, um, you know, the, the damage that scaling too fast has created for many in the market, and that sometimes smaller is better. And it kind of begged the question of like, I think now we're exposed to more ways to model your business for what you want and you get to decide. And so what we're going to talk about today is maybe some things that you should consider uh, or that maybe we consider when designing this business for our own goals, you know, designing our business by, by design, not by default. So I went ahead and made a list of, five rules that okay. I, I think I, and I'm doing it in retrospect. Like I think I've built it this way almost by accident. I mean, the, the rules were kind of embedded into my thinking, but if I think back and I mm-hmm. had to articulate what are the rules, I think there's five. Okay. For me, but I, I mean, obviously I want to hear your list too. Yeah. I kind of, I've been thinking about it through a framework, so I'll share my framework. Cool. So I'll do like the really messy thing and then you'll clean it up into a neat little framework like we usually do. This is <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Just another day at the office here becoming CEO, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I give you my five, five rules. Like I'll give them to you quickly and then you can ask questions if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, number one, it's got to be sustainable. So I was never interested in a in a flash in the pan, scale fast, and then exit or sell. I was never interested in that. I was mm-hmm. always interested in something that was long-term and sustainable. So I see myself running my business forever. Yep. <laughs> and there may be multiple businesses. I don't know. But this mm-hmm. business, I see it as being a, a, a mainstay in mm. my career for yep. a very long time, like decades to come. Therefore, I'm never interested in doing things uh, that are short-term oriented at the expense of long-term sustainability. That's my number one. At yep. least not in order. Number two, balance, um, not willing to overwork or overextend myself in terms of my time in the business. Although I certainly did in the beginning when we were getting started, but then I had to reprioritize and fit the business into a box in terms of the time it takes. And, uh, and there's, a, there's, there's a hard limit there. I'm not willing to exceed the time available in that box for the sake mm-hmm. of family, health, well-being, et cetera, yeah. other pursuits. Uh, number three, I've got to be personally interested in what we're doing. 
Another way of saying this is I've got to be intellectually stimulated. I get really bored really fast if the thing isn't interesting, right? So I've got to be interested, you know, not only in what we're selling, but also in whatever I'm doing day to day in the business. It's got to be personally interesting and intellectually stimulating. Number four, um, never can I be in a position where I have to compromise on my values or, or my integrity. So that means, you know, having a certain sense of integrity in sales conversations or that we lead the team or the way that we sell, the promises that we make, um, the the types of, uh, you know, claims that are made in the marketing or the sales, et cetera. Like I've got to fundamentally believe in everything we're saying, which kind of sounds obvious, but you and I both know there are people that have, <laughs> despite their better judgment, Yep. made claims that they didn't feel great about and then, you know, lived with yeah. the consequences. Number five, kind of ties into, into balance, but I think it's a separate point, is the business should achieve time freedom for me. In that if it's going well and I've done my job right, uh, I should have a high degree of agency over my time and how much yeah. time I need to spend in the business and where I choose to spend that time. Those are my life. Yeah. And so basically when opportunities get presented or you guys are thinking strategically about doing something, um, you can kind of run that through those five things and make sure that it kind of checks those boxes. Yeah. So I'll give you a concrete example. Um, we are now, as of the time of this recording, it's end of September 2023. We are now beginning the planning process for 2024, which is kind of exciting, by the way. Now that I said that out loud, I, I've never started planning for the next year this early, mm. which, which is kind of exciting. Um, but my point was, we're planning for 2024. And I'm looking at the plan, but I'm running it through these rules. Is anything in our plan going to uh, make me feel imbalanced or overextend me? Is anything in our plan um, going to take up too much of my time? Is anything in our plan too short-term oriented? Because we actually had a couple of versions of the plan. One of them was very short-term oriented. The other one was more building towards a long-term vision, right? Mm -hmm. So is our plan long-term sustainable or short-term uh, oriented? And the other question I, I had was, what's interesting to me about this? Sometimes we plan on paper and it's like, oh, yeah, the math adds up and we do this much revenue, make these many sales, everything's great. But is that interesting? Is that exciting? Yeah. Because if it's not, I can tell you right now, the numbers aren't going to add up. I love that. I was literally just having a conversation with the team because there's this one potential thing that we've, we've been talking about doing for a little while. But up until – and it was on the calendar, ready to get going and like pull the trigger. And – that all was kind of decided before, you know, some of the other decisions that I made that we talked about on the previous episode of like scaling back a little bit of the team, et cetera. And, you know, th the comment was made, but we're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I was like, so what? You know, like the sound of, and, I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm saying this now, this, this, the decision is still to be made. Like I'm still thinking about like there's, I'm trying to add the right constraints to the, to the decision, but like at first thought, the complexity that 
running, executing on that play is going to bring, I'm not sure if I'm willing to welcome that complexity because it might likely change how much time I have to spend in the business, the enjoyment, um, you know, that comes from it. And I don't know if with how much, how much focus we would be putting on it. I don't think it would make enough of a dent for it to be that significant. And so like, it's like, well, then why do it, you know? And if you'd asked me that last year, like I would have been like, let, let's go. That's not leave. We're leaving money on the table. You know, like I think in some cases it's okay to leave money on the table, especially if it means compromising other, other important things. Yeah. Unless you really want to do it. Right. So in, in my situation, I have an initiative that I want to undertake in 2024. That's going to have minimal revenue impact. Like, and I was talking to Carrie, my COO about earlier today. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like going into the details of like where I want to go with this, this particular project. And I was like, Oh, by the way, it's not gonna make any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, like this is not going to make our year. But I really want to do this for these reasons. And, and I, I, you know, I am, I'm adding initiatives to our plan that do not, one in particular, that do not have significant revenue potential, but are going to keep me interested. And keeping me interested has tons of revenue potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. Um, you know, I was just thinking, um, you know, one of the things that I've been adding that I think may or may not be one of your initiatives, but you're doing like, is like, I'm taking some, I've been taking on some one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, and one of my mentors made the comment who does very well for himself and still does a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, he said, the great thing about one-on-one, -on -one, like as just, you know, it's not like you need to make a ton of money from it, but like it keeps you sharp. And when, you know, things hit the fan, because they always do, people will always hire you for one-on-one. -on -one. Like it, you can always make money doing one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and he's like, so it, it's really good to just, he's like to always have it and ha and be sharp with it and have like a list of people that are willing to do one-on-one -on -one at, at the call, like ready <laughs> versus, oh, oh crap. I need to start offering one-on-one -on -one as like a, as a, you know, a reaction, uh, was kind of interesting. So, you know, we'll see what happens in Q4 with the market, but you know, I'll have one-on-one -on -one available. So I, I love your five things and shockingly, I think they all align fairly nicely with the framework that I, I I've been thinking through. Um, and I will actually say it's not my framework. I learned it from, uh, a mentor, Brad, uh, who I've worked with in the past. Um, I just kind of modified it a little bit. Um, but I look at it through the lens of three different currencies. So my business, um, is like, when I think of the business that I'm creating, I look at it through three currencies. The first one is my time, which is like my schedule. Like what, what schedule does my business allow me to operate? and then my energy. So energy means um, when I am working in that schedule, what sorts of things and activities is my role responsible for? Like 
And then I make a list of also all of the things that would have to happen that would not be my role. You know, so like that helps identify who might I need on my team to help me with these things because some things will have to get done. And then are there any other kind of like general rules that interest me for like my business structure? So like, how is my energy uh, utilized in my working hours? And then the last one is income. And the income is you know, the, the, the money, which is structured from the place of, from the minimum. So if my business lets me work my ideal schedule, and during that schedule, I exert and get to spend my time on things that I love and am fueled by doing, that as long as it makes me this amount of money minimum, I would do this forever. Like, why wouldn't I? Um, but if it's not giving me the money that I need or want at a minimum, then the question is like, why is any of this worth doing? Um, and that's kind of like the lens, like, cause if I can check all those boxes, I'm getting, I'm making as much as I want. I, at a minimum to live the life that I want, uh, I have the hours that I want, the schedule, and I work on the things that light me up. Why would I ever want to stop doing that ever? Like I will ride off into the sunset. And that's kind of like the lens in which I think about it. So I, I, I that, to that point, everything that the, the framework itself is predicated on long-term stability, right? Like how can I be doing something for the long haul? Um, so that's kind of the case. And so when I think about the time, I'm like, okay, well, what do I want my schedule to look like? Uh, and I think through like, you know, what do I want my days to look like, weeks to look like, months, quarters, years. I don't really do years very well. Um, some people's brains work better in yearly planning. I'm kind of more of like a, a day and a week kind of guy. Like as long as my days and my weeks have this loose structure to it or not loose, pretty fair, fairly compliant structure, like, and it, and it plays out that way into the quarters, um, I think are really important. And But then I'll have like things like every quarter, for example, at this stage of my life, I'm willing to only go on two business related trips max for work, neither of which can exceed three nights away from my family. Um, and I have to travel between, uh, I will not travel before 6am or after 8pm. And so if the opportunity presents itself to go somewhere for business workshop, conference, whatever, if it breaks one of those constraints, then I don't go um, because I don't really want to be gone that long. Um, and so, and I don't want to have to like completely derail my sleep and or the kids schedule by me walking in the house at 1am and then having a, a crappy night of sleep because I'm flying a red eye, <laughs> you know? Um, so like, that's like little things like that are kind of now anchors in how I will make decisions. Um, and then the energy is just like, you know, okay, if I'm working 20 hours a week, uh, what am I doing during those 20 hours? Like what lights me up? Um, and then like for the rules of the business, a few things that I wrote down were like, um, I'm like the external facing CEO, like, but the, my function is not required in the day to day to actually run the business. So like, it looks like I'm the CEO, I'm the face, or at least one of the main faces, but like there's a integrator ops person who's kind of running, like other departments are kind of led by someone else uh, fundamentally behind the scenes. Um, I want 
a certain amount of in-person experiences with, with our clients because I get lit up by that. And so like, how do we make sure that our, uh, programs are priced in a way that will allow me to justify hosting events, right? Like if we're going to host a quarterly event in person, you know, having done events before one event, if you get someone to film it, food, accommodations, all that stuff, like you're easily looking at like 10 to 15 grand on the low side, you know, to do it right. At least the way that I would want to do it at the type of venue that I want to do it. And so it's like, okay, well, like if we're going to do four of those, well, that's another, you know, 60 grand a year in, in expenses that needs to be somehow covered. Um, it just because Greg wants one-on-one like well, in person, right. Okay. Pricing. Da, da, da. Um, so those are some of the things that, that I've been thinking a lot about and how I, and I forget if I said it in the last episode, but, um, the analogy that I think what we're doing here, you know, your five, uh, buckets or, or list, um, and kind of these three currencies for me is we are drawing the, like drawing the lines on the court. Like we are defining the rules of play. Um, and I steal this from Todd Herman cause I heard him talk about it. You know, when a tennis player hops on the court, there's lines already there. The net's already there. If it's singles, they know which lines matter and which lines don't. If it's doubles, different lines matter. There's a scoring system. Like it's very easy to know, am I winning or am I losing <laughs> this game? Uh, am I breaking the rules or not? There's boundaries. And most entrepreneurs start business with a blank sheet of paper and a pen, and we just go. And I think these things that we're talking about today are the lines. They are the rules of how we will choose to play the game that we are going to play. And I think the biggest takeaway in thinking about all of this, I hope that people take um, and I think that maybe you've, I don't want to speak for you has become way more important to me now than ever. And I wish I was, I, I wish I thought this way earlier, um, is that you get to decide all of these things. Um, and we've been in many cases, I'm very guilty of this, letting other people decide that on my behalf, because I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't just take the time to think about what I wanted. Um, so that's how I think about the rules for my game. You also get to change your mind too, right? So yeah, I was, to you, I was jotting down some of my own rules according to your three currencies, time, energy, and income. Yeah. yeah. And as, as I was writing that down, I thought my answers a year ago would have been different. Two years yeah. ago, three years ago, very different. Yes. And I think that that's actually really important too. And, and um, I know Todd's mentioned this to me personally. It was like the... One, I think, mistake that a lot of people made, and I would say that I'm guilty of this, when you're like, oh, like, what should my business model be? Like, how much money do I want to make? We kind of assume that that's like how it has to be forever. Like the timeline of some of these decisions is anchored to forever. When reality is, it could just be anchored to a season of life, right? Like, you know, when our kids go off to college and we get a ton of time that we have, we'll have back because we can't pour into them because they're not around. Like maybe I'll want to scale again, right? Maybe I'll want to go hard, you know, maybe I won't, you know, maybe that'll happen way sooner than I think. And I think that that's okay. And you know, you can change your, uh, you can change the game that you're playing at any point. Cause again, the great part is you get to define the rules. 
I think the thing that I've realized and why this became more important to me now than ever was because I was just letting other people dictate the game. And it was like that you, you feel like you're losing this race that you never even realized you were, you had entered. Uh, and if you just, you know, which I think is very common if like you hop into these programs, right? Like, and I try to make that very clear in, in, in our program, I'm like, you're not trying to build my business. My rules are different. Like you don't have kids right now. You working a lot of hours, you're not married. Like, that's awesome. I would probably be doing that too. As long as you're not like, you know, overworking and like you have other, you know, health, you know, no health issues, like go hard in the paint, bro. Like that's the, that's the season. Like, that's just not what I'm doing right now. And that's okay. Like I was in that season before I had kids. Like I can still give you feedback, um, you know, and, and mentorship on that. Cause I have been there, but, uh, I think very blindly, you know, you could read a, read a book and all of a sudden your goals are really someone else's business. And you're like, yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, your rules can change over time and sometimes it can change on a dime. <laughs> so between our podcast, and sometimes, they, this week, and sometimes those rules can rhyme. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So between last week's recording and this week's recording, I've actually, we haven't talked about this offline. I, I've completely shifted my thinking around the future of the business. Oh, and yeah. I haven't settled on it yet. And actually, I listened to a podcast that you recommended in our last episode. Which was the one? What the one I about scaling to 10 million or 10 to 100 million um, on Chris Dew's show. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Door, with right? uh, Eamon. Yeah. So I listened to that and. Yeah, Baron, I haven't settled on anything yet, right? But yeah, we're yeah. listening to that and through all of our conversations, probably even on the show, I was like, yeah, I don't really want to scale, you know, yeah. stay at like, you know, sub 5 million bucks, probably even sub 3 million for the most part and keep it simple and, you know, keep it profitable and maintain my time freedom and all that fun stuff, right? That's kind of been the thinking. I don't know anymore. Uh, he made some interesting arguments as to why $10 million is a good number. And I think the thing that's compelling to me about it is when I think about getting a 10 million, it is, it, that's an overwhelming goal. Like that's like a, yeah. that's like yeah. a peak of the mountain I can't even see yet. And then I, when I started thinking about it, I felt the kind of excitement that I used to feel when I was trying to get to a million. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, so yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, the whole point of this is you, you write your own rules uh, and there's no, you know, there's no other playbook to go by. I may decide to scale a whole lot faster than I originally thought. And I reserve the right mm -hmm. to make that decision and to change that decision. 100, 100%, 100%. And that's, what's I think great about this game. I think where it starts to get messy and now maybe I'm speaking for myself on this is the, uh, and I think we've talked about this, like, one of the hardest things is to know what you want, right? And so like, that's kind of what we're talking about here. But it goes to another level when you have when you admit what you want. So like, when you come out and say, I'm going to scale to 10 million, or if you're like, hey, guys, I actually I'm cool chilling at three. There will be other people that will be like, but dude, you can get to 10 or, <laughs> okay, cool. Like, and there'll be all of this external judgment either good or bad, positive, negative, and that'll make you start to feel better or worse about this thing that you just admitted. And it's not until you kind of admit what you want 
that you're really, you're, it's in, it's in your face, right? Like, cause you'll start comparing yourself. Uh, you know, if I say it out loud and I only want to get to three and I'm around the group that wants to get to 10, what are they going to think? You know, like that's, that'll happen, you know, and you could have all the reasons you want in the world and you'll still probably be like doubting what you just said you wanted once you actually admit it to other people. I mean, the notion of like, well, you can do this is a really bad reason to do something. 100%. It's similar to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, we're leaving money money on the table is another way of saying, but we could make more money doing this. That doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. yeah. Could also make, possibly make more money going on OnlyFans, you know, but (laughs) might've missed my moment for that one. I probably (laughs) would. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I'll get curious though, without going too far off tangent, like, cause I did, I obviously referenced that podcast and maybe other people have listened in between then and now, uh, what did he say that made you question? Cause that's fundamentally like, Hey, you said you were going to do this thing, admitting what you want. And now someone else says, but 10 million could be better. And now you're like, oh crap. <laughs> So I, I think it's I think he's more tapped into the like, sentiment I've been feeling for a while, and it's mm-hmm. the following. Uh, I think for the past six, I would say the better part of this year, mm-hmm. I've kind of just been floating around, like not really motivated to push too hard on anything, not really driving anything. I mean, we run a business. Don't get me wrong; like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing, right? But like, I've not been really like focused on a specific goal, target. Uh, mountain to climb, so to speak. Right. Yep. And that's been kind of deliberate because I, I needed some space. I want to create some more balance, focus on health. Like that's a lot of that's been very deliberate. But now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, ah, but what's the next thing? I'm starting to feel like a little bit, a little bit antsy. What's yep. the next mountain to climb? You know, and and I I've been letting it come to me as opposed to trying to force it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I still don't know, to be fair, right? But yeah, at this stage, you know, for better or for worse. I self-identify as a business person and I, and I derive a lot of fulfillment from getting better at playing the game of business. And so my worry is if I'm not, you know, actively growing my business, not in every single season, quarter or year, but over the course of the next, you know, five to 10 years. And when I say 10 million, I mean like that's a five to 10 year plan. That's not a tomorrow plan. Right. Right. Is if I don't do that, do I stagnate? Do I stop learning? And what does that do to me as a person? Because I can also see the the shift in who I've become in the previous five years. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of that has has had to do with the goal and the persistent uh, execution towards the goal. And so I've been thinking about what's the next thing, and I think you know the podcast provided a potential avenue. Mm. Yeah. I hear that. The goal can definitely change. I think that the, and kind of even with my current season, when I, because you we, right before we started, we were talking about like what's the what's the goal for next year, and I had I had I have written down like the one, like, business metric kind of, and still it's not finalized, but like it's very close. And I was 
when I look at the numbers, I almost like if it were, it's not 10, obviously it's not next year, but like if, if, even if 10 were on my list at some point for the next 10 years, I think from the season that I'm in, I'm even looking at how would, how would I even think about getting there in a whole new way that is like already less stressful. Like, because I know these other lines on the court that are important that I'm not willing to break, which will force me to, if I can get there, get there in a way that is very much in alignment with the rest of the important things in my life. Whereas before it's like, when I thought of some of these numbers, all I could see was the way in which these other folks had done it, which I had a lot of friction and resistance towards. And I was like, well, I don't want that. If, if 10 million means that, I don't want it. Um, but that's like a very, like, I couldn't see, see clearly enough and or be exposed to that there's, there's actually a variety of ways that I could get there probably that don't require me to do a lot of the things that I wouldn't want to do anyway, that I just haven't even been exposed to yet. And like, so the, the pathway to a larger number, uh, is still, still out there because there's obviously other people that have done it. So that's the kind of awesome. metaphors that's exciting really to me. Yeah. And the tennis metaphor is a very empowering metaphor, but I'm going to use hockey instead because I don't know any of the rules in tennis. So let's use hockey right. as, an, as an example, sure. right? You got offsides, you got icing, you know what icing means? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got offsides. You got icing, right? You've got, you know, obviously certain things are penalties. Like there's rules of the game, and everybody follows the same rules. Everybody from my eight year olds U nine girls hockey team in Burlington, Ontario, mm -hmm. to the Las Vegas Golden Knights who won the Stanley Cup last year, they follow the mm -hmm. same rules. Yeah, same rules. And the difference is the execution of the players. Yep makes a difference right and that's mm -hmm. that's a very empowering idea because what it tells us is our rules don't define our results yeah our rules to your point they draw the lines on the on the cord or on the ice and and, and de determine how we're going to play but there's conceivably no upper limit to the results that we can achieve while playing by those rules yeah totally there's also come from behind wins, <laughs> you know, and complete flops. So all of those things, all of those things happen. Yeah. yeah so also uh, yeah. true, right? You got, you got teams. It, it happens in every sport every year, yeah. right? Now, like yeah. basketball and hockey are starting up and you're going to see it. You got teams that did not make the playoffs last year who will come out of the gate this year as contenders. It happens every year. Yeah. One season, one year, and the grand scheme of your career, your business means nothing. Yeah, the championship is the the championship team in basketball got there by shooting lights out from behind the three. The next year, the team wins. It's they played really good in the paint. Like you know, it's like same rules. It's just like man, like we were way better. You know, yeah, inside the three this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that's Love. how we won. Look. A couple of years ago in hockey, the, the best team in the league, they were on the President's Trophy, which is the best regular season record in hockey, was the Florida mm -hmm. Panthers. And they were dominant, dominant in the regular season. And uh, the following year, they tanked. They barely made the playoffs. They made the very last spot. 
Mm-hmm. And then in the playoffs, and everyone counted them out because they were like the worst seed, right? In yeah. the playoffs, they went on a tear made to the finals. It's crazy. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful, guys. And I think like, you know, if you haven't spent some time looking at either, you know, time, energy, money, the, you know, is this of integrity? Is this, you know, something you're interested in? Is this, you know, have long-term stability, et cetera. Uh, hopefully you spend some time on this. Cause like, I think very easily you can just blindly adopt someone else's goals and that may or may not have you down the right path or creating the thing that you actually want at the end of the day. And, uh, you get to define the rules. You get to draw the lines on the court or field of play of your choice. Uh, and I think it's a valuable exercise to kind of at least keep you going in the right direction uh, and, and you know, run your own race. So hopefully this served you guys well. We'll catch you in the next one. And we'll talk soon.